and we are coming together. Hashtag we are becoming a podcast. It happens Tuesdays live and interactive on Twitter and Periscope, 4 p.m., 4 p.m. Tuesday, if life allows, okay? And life is on our side today, and we are here. <laughs> So we're going to go ahead and get started and want to open up with how we ended last week, because um, luckily for us, like the chapters in Michelle Obama's books, these podcasts go very well together. So let's start with a few words from my first former first lady forever float is Michelle Obama. Maybe we can better embrace the ways we are the same. It's not about being perfect. It's not about where you get yourself in the end. There's power in allowing yourself to be known and heard, in owning your unique story, in using your authentic voice. And there's grace in being willing to know and hear others. And that's what we are today. That's why we decided to do this podcast, because we want to hear others. We want to find our voice. And, and I think each, Angel and myself, we've kind of crafted that. But we each had to pivot. And so now, you know, it changes. It changes. I'm now where I thought I was the voice of blogging for 17 years. Now, uh, that's the expectation of my reputation. But now I want to be a different kind of voice. And so I'm having to find that voice. And Angela also is the same. She can tell you where she is and her voice and her story. I'm going to give her a chance to do that and say hello to you guys. So hi, everybody. Um, as, um, as always, I'm happy to be here. And this idea of story and voice really resonate for me through the whole book. And if you, if you go through it, the very, in the, you know, the, the preface, one of the first things Michelle Obama talks about is her mother helping her find, giving her her voice, helping her find her voice. And then the very last line in the book is about voice, right? Story and voice. So clearly for Michelle Obama, this idea of, of becoming, our voice becoming, right? Do you become your voice maybe? But, but your voice becoming, it was a very important part of her process. And so as Yolanda said, I too have had to go through pivots and iterations of what my voice is. And so there's a, there's a core level, and I think we'll get into this a little bit more, that your, your voice is, is you and there's a way that you speak and uh, a manner and a tone and so forth that is probably pretty unchanging. But the elements that can affect that voice. And so for me, I went from uh, being the voice of entrepreneurial women to then moving into a caregiver space where I felt like I was almost, had almost gone silent, where my voice was taken up by caring for others. And then coming out of that to say, okay, now how do I become a voice for people in a different space, right? Continuing in this idea of how do we become our best selves? How do we navigate change and, uh, and, and obstacles in life, having had to go through it? So, uh, you know, this is, this is why I thought this would be such a good topic for Yolanda and I, because we both have voices that are recognized. We've both been through where we've changed uh, some of our story and platform around that voice. So anyway, I think looking at how Michelle Obama navigated this is very interesting and, and uh uh, I don't, I'm trying, I'm getting ahead because I want to talk about, particularly when I talk about some of the Yolanda story, but anyway, <laughs> that, uh, of, of, of voice, but, mm -hmm. but, but finding that, finding your voice, right, is going to be the rock and the essence of everything that you do. And we're talking here, 
and about voice as though we are on a platform and we're speaking it out, but you have a voice in your life, right? Mm-hmm. You have a story in your life, the people around you, right? Uh, in your family, on your job, you have a voice, right? So we're not just talking about a public voice. This is also a private voice. This is the voice that you will have around everybody and everything. And we're, and so in this idea of becoming that you don't just become, you're constantly becoming, your voice is constantly evolving. And I think that this is one of the things that to embrace that and to not be upset when suddenly you have to shift that is really critically important. And, you know, one of the things that, that stands out when we listen to and, and I listen to the book on the audio is in past presidential campaigns, the men have often been out there. We get an insight to the conversation of them having to go to her in the whole conversation of her having to be a real, true, visible voice extension of um, mm-hmm. Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it seemed to be like this was the first time that they, and I mean, like the, the whole machine, you know, we know, we know that there's the intercamp, but then there's this machine that def, 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 defines and decides who our president is going to be. And so it, I don't, and I was trying to think if in previous presidents, if we saw the first lady as much prior to going into the White House. Because a lot of them, you know, we got a full-on introduction of who they would be when they got into the White House, right? We saw them on the trail, but not necessarily at campaigning as much as we saw with this last one. Like, for instance, we didn't see Melania, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was even an expectation that she wasn't even going to go to the White House, you know? So everybody's different. and And two, one of the reasons that Michelle Obama had to hurry and find her voice was because of the platform, social media. This was the first president that the first first presidential campaign that really played out in the public as much as anything else. There was no no way to escape the lens or the microphone. So and, therefore, they had to hurry up. And 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 we listened to this a lot of rush meetings. Listen, let's figure this out because it's not playing out well. And I think that's a really good point. It was the 24-hour news cycle and social media, right? Mm-hmm. And suddenly things that, <clears throat> that people might see on the evening news or read in a newspaper were developing instantly, right? And were spreading instantly. And so everybody was learning, right? Everybody was learning in this process. And I think Michelle particularly, though, was one who got caught in the crossfire was on, of trying to figure out, well, wait a minute. And she, she there's a... Yeah, I thought about having you pull this one up, Yolanda, but there's a quote where she talks about that she was not going to be the stereotypical politician's wife that stares and looks lovingly at her husband, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and nods and goes, oh, he's so great. She, that wasn't going to be her, right? And so she knew going in, she wasn't going to be that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, right? That's fine. Uh, but she was not going to be the good wife, right? She was not going to be that one standing off to the side. She knew it. And either not, she not was, like they had seen before. No. Mm-hmm. And so either she was going to, you know, say what she was going to say or she wasn't going to do it. She was going to stay, stay in the background. But she wasn't going to be that, you know, like uh, I think it was, was, I don't know if it was when he announced or his acceptance or maybe it was when he accepted the nomination and she had the mm-hmm. little children and it was cold. And she's like, I'm not going to take them out on the stage and stand. She says, I'm not going to stand in the freezing cold and stare at him. 
right? right. We'll come out when it's our turn. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, yeah, okay. Again, voice. 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 like letting your voice out. Yeah. That's voice. She says and that many a times. Let that's... me give um, the chapters that so that people can understand yes. what's going to happen on the podcast. So we had the opening. Uh, there's one clip where we say, I'm Michelle, that one. And then there's another one, my story, and then be myself. Those mm-hmm. are three things that came out as I was preparing the, the clips. So you let me know when to, when to throw either of those in. Yep. But uh, immediately, because even when she tried to be in the background, it was those things that they did in the background <laughs> that led the news cycle, the fist bump. You yes. know, when she talked about the fist bump, that was in the background. That mm-hmm. was what act, in the introduction. She she done her introduction. She's ready to leave the stage. He's coming on to take the stage. They just fist bump, and nobody knows what either her speech or his speech was about that day right. because the fist bump took over the timeline. And and I mean, there's so many moments like that. The the one picture that I have of her in the background, and yet they blew it out the president and, and, and focusing on her in the background. Yes. What I have experienced as a blogger, and I'm sure what you have experienced in helping women lunch is we just, it's, we can't just be in the background. Cause even as a blogger, I'm just in the background trying to get the story. And mm-hmm. I, w- I will never forget. Uh, I was at an event moderating. And after the day I went to try to network like everybody else. And I realized like, Whoa, there's a trail of people following me. Because I had become a voice for them mm-hmm. and, di- and didn't know it. You may not know that you are that voice. And I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. And this gets to, you know, just, just to refer back to that quote that we started with, which is from the epilogue, and it's the last line of the book um, before the acknowledgments, where it's the last couple of lines, where she says, there's power in allowing yourself to be known and heard. So Ooh. known and heard in owning your unique story, so your story, and in using your authentic voice, right? So we've got letting yourself be known, letting yourself be heard. How are you known and heard? Through your story and through your voice, okay? Mm. So I thought this was really significant to say, let's break this down, because sometimes we blur these things, story, story and voice, and then platform, right? So social media is a platform. Social media is like a stage. It's like if you stood on a stage and had a microphone or you stood in your yard and had a bullhorn, right? (laughs) Social media is the platform. This podcast is a platform. The news is a platform. A book is a platform. These are not, they may contain stories and they may reflect and amplify our voice, but they're not our story and they're not our voice. And so I think sometimes that's our first thing we have to step back from and say, these things are tools, right, Mm -hmm. for for, for broadcasting, right? If you come from a broadcast background, you understand that, right? But then to say, there's a story and there's a voice. And so my question, when I was reading this, I'm like, okay, well, which came first? Which comes first, story or voice, right? Mm. Can you tell your story without your voice? Does your story shape your voice? Does a, and so I, I thought that was a really good, good, a good question. So thus, let's go to our next, I was like, Let's go to the gospel of Michelle Obama and see <laughs> what, what does Michelle Obama say? So uh, if you can pull up the one that starts out, um, uh, let's, do the, let's go to chapter 16. And I think there were two clips there. You have the more I told my story. And the one that, that starts out, there's the one my job was to be myself. Let me tell you about me. And then the more I told my story. I, so, think, I, think, it's either, I think it's this one. If it's not, I'll stop. Let yeah. me see. All right, let's see. 
told my story, the more my voice settled into itself. I liked my story. I was comfortable telling it. There you go. Right there. And to me, that's the, the more I told my story, the more my voice settled into itself. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm like, surprise, story and voice come together. They develop together. Some people, some people get their story and then they, then they build their voice. Some people find their voice and their story follows from that. But these two things pretty much are going to happen together, right? Is that what story are you trying to tell? And that may not be about your own story. When she talks about being known, she's talking about letting her own personal story be known. But it could be if, you're, if you've got a business or a cause that you're promoting, what's that, that, you're, that story that you're developing? The voice is how you're going to tell it. So the story is the what, the voice is the how. And you remember when she said there was the narrative because it, it came out like when they talked all the time about the little met better. There were all these different things that you thought a first lady was supposed to talk about. But then came, oh, wait, we're getting the real Michelle. And I think we all got to a point where we could, we could say that. And she became more confident, right? It wasn't about just hitting, just hitting the points or the campaign thing. People's like, wait a minute, she has something to say. And that's and, when we became more familiar with her, t- her, t- her tonation. All mm-hmm. of that came Well, through. and yes, and, that's, and that is this idea of where she's saying in the book, I had to learn to be myself. And I'm like, hmm, okay, yeah. But she was constantly having to mediate how much of that self she let through. Mm. And this goes to the point that, you, you know, Yolanda and I always have the podcast before the podcast, right? We always have the discussion <laughs> before the discussion about being safe, right? Is it safe mm. for you to share your voice? Is it safe for your voice to be heard? And so when she started, every time she spoke, being what she thought was herself, right? Mm-hmm. She got hammered, 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 right? We're saying, yep, nope, you don't, you hate America. You're an angry black woman, you know? Uh, the, uh, the Obama baby mama stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she's, so she, when she's saying I had to be myself, she had to figure out which self was safe. And I think this is really, when you said that to me, Yolanda, I was like, yeah, let's think about that through her whole story. That, that is the entire, that's the summation of the entire campaign. The difference between having your voice, using your voice, and then being safe. When I was titling this podcast, I kept wanting to put the word weapon on there. Your voice, your story, your mm. weapon. Yep. And as, as a black woman, okay, we literally can't carry a weapon. We can't, we, we can't use it as a weapon. And then I said, but you know what? We still have to use, we oftentimes have to use our voice in defending ourselves. And one of the things I said in, in our podcast before the podcast, us trying to hash out some of the things that we were going to say, and I, you, you asked me about media apartheid, is my story, the way I tell it, how impassioned I am about it, uh, the tone that I might use has oftentimes in many of situations come or re- been reflected against me. And that's why when you talk about because people say, do you really want me to speak? Do you really want me to say something? Because I'm going to have to let you in on how I really feel. Yes. And when I let you in on how I really feel, then you want to, well, could you have said it this way? No. Do you want my voice or do you want my voice? 
And mm-hmm. that's where I think when we look back, when black women look back at Michelle Obama, because the one thing that I got from this book is there was a passage in there where she talked about at the end of the day, it was about keeping her family safe. There were times when a lot of people expected a particular voice, a particular way things ought to be said. Sometimes, yeah, we wanted them both. I mean, and there's a lot of comedy out there about them, uh, their anger or frustration showing through, but we never really got to see it, right? And, and in the book, she talks about those moments and it made me realize, whoa, at the end of the day, it was about keeping her family safe. I remember, um, you know, they would always give you these these footages of them going back and forth to the helicopter. There was one day they were getting off the helicopter and they looked like they were just absolutely spent, right? And I remember, and I remember thinking, I wonder if that had been an evacuation moment, the way they were returning to the White House. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if that was an evacuation moment because they were, I mean, like truly spit, right? And this was some turbulent times we were in at the time. And that's when I got to thinking about it because my frustration in watching this first lady for eight years was there were some very turbulent times and I turned on my TV and she was on the Ellen show dancing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that, <laughs> Interesting. that just, yeah. that, that just, and, and I real, and I kept having to tell myself that those are things that she has to do to keep the nation comfortable. Too often times we have to use our voice or not use our voice because too many people are going to either become uncomfortable or we're going to move them from, even though we need to weaponize our voice, too many people are going to be uncomfortable. Like, okay. And, and there were certain things that happened, and you could, even on my timeline, there were certain things that would happen in our nation and beyond. And I said, okay, watch, here comes another Ellen appearance. And there would be these moments, and, and she'd be somewhere dancing, and people would tag me, tag me in it. And, I, and, and it just became a thing to, if you saw the first lady making us comfortable, look beyond the veil, something's going on somewhere. Well, and that is really powerful insight because here's the question in my mind is do I judge her for trying to keep herself and her family safe no I don't do I say uh you know are there times I mean even after the election we're all going where's Michelle where's Barack please come and say Mm -hmm. something and Mm -hmm. they didn't because they understood that to be involved at that time would make it worse right and right. so, or at least that was their interpretation of it, that it was a time for them to be quiet. Sometimes your time, using your voice is knowing when to be quiet. But, um, but that idea that, she's, that just because you have a voice and you've developed the voice of what you're going to say, right? And how you're going to say it, rather. So the mm-hmm. voice is how you're going to say it. And so she clearly had a position and a point of, she had a point of view, right? She had a point of view from the time she was five years old, but she had a point of view going into the uh, into the um, campaign she had a point of view in the White House right she had plenty to say and as we're seeing now that she's in a space where she can share that she's sharing a whole lot more of it is this though is this book even fully the true voice of Michelle Obama when at the end of the day when she's tired and she's had it up to here at the very in the opening she talks about the people that stand stand but would stand beside of her to take a picture, mm. to put mm. on her mantle and then talk, you know, crap about her husband, you know, mm. 
there is there's you know she's there's that story in it as well right and there's so that we, voice do we ask ourselves ask ourselves because we thought okay we got a voice we got a voice a particular voice during the campaign a particular voice during the first term a particular voice during the second term and now we've got this okay let's send my lift the veil is this the full veil is this the full voice now mm. is this the full story because we like you said a multi-book deal when do we get the full story and i think i remember another part uh or maybe even something else that we we, we want to make sure we cover the tattletale part of that too yes but, yes yes uh, uh, is the voice always ever changing i'm going to play this clip where she says uh i think i wrote i'm michelle hold on my job i realized was to be myself to speak as myself and so i did let me tell you about me I'm Michelle Obama, raised on the south side of Chicago in a little apartment on the top floor of a two-story house that felt a lot like this one. My dad was a water pump operator for the city. My mom stayed at home to raise my brother and me. And that part, right when she says, I realized. Mm-hmm. I, I'm Michelle Obama, and I realized. And then she goes on the south side and, and all of this. So I still wonder, Angela, if we yet... Because there, because she is now not knowing then or when that she was going to be this history maker, I still wonder if we have that voice. I don't. Want to, I mean, one day we might have like an eighty-year-old Michelle Obama still trying to tell us, still trying to you know define uh, what her voice was, and you well, know, should we just be? Oh, I mean, because I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to and, and, and nobody else. I told you about. It, the the tattletale when they went to the preschool Mm -hmm. you know i love experiments behaviors let's talk a little bit about behaviors right yes and so there was a this experiment that went on in this preschool we're talking about voice they put in the the kids used to tattletale on each other all day so they put a phone a pretend phone in a class if you wanted to tattletale you go to the phone so they decided to conduct this experiment to record those conversations and we learn very on very early on and and very early on in life and michelle alluded this in her book when she goes back to her five-year-old self right we want to we want to use our voice because you discover your voice day one you discover it coming home from the hospital if i make this sound if i make that sound as a baby mm-hmm. babies start to manipulate us very early on if I give this person this sound or this, I'm going to get what I want, right? The thing that we start looking for in our voice that was, came through this experiment is we start looking for justice. And when we look at all these encounters that our first lady had um, in the White House, she kept looking for justice, to respect. You know, I need these people to respect me as first and foremost wife and mom and daughter and then first lady, Right. And when she even tried to put those things in that perspective, she got she caught a lot of slack from that. Well, you you've been elected. Well, no, my husband was elected to be president. So in this experiment that went on with these preschoolers, they started recording the calls, and everybody, you know, every day would go, "Well, this happened to me, and that happened to me, and this person did this, and this person did that." And those who were conducting the experiment thought it was just enough that we allow people to be heard that we allow them to use their voice, find their voice. And at the end of the experiment, one kid summed it up. And I went to the tattletale phone, I phoned it in, and nothing happened. 
He's like, it didn't stop this. It didn't stop this other kid from hitting me. Right. He he went. His, his brother was pinching yeah, his him. His brother was hitting him. And and the dad, you know, the tattletale song worked so well at the school. The dad brought it home. Like, let me just see how it works in the household. And the son goes, well, I went to the phone. I used it. I phoned it in. And the dad goes, well, how did you feel? He was like, it didn't do anything. It did not stop what was going on. It didn't stop what was happening. And Angela, going back to um, media apartheid, you know, I, for 30 years, I have been trying to get justice in just local news. And I've moved the needle on it as a, as a one-woman army and, and bringing my community on. Uh, I've gotten promises from all levels all the way up. To say, hey, this is how we're going to tell this story. We're gonna we're gonna bring some of your concerns about the voice and the story in, and mm-hmm. we're gonna tell these tell these stories a little bit different. There are things you used to hear on the news that you don't hear on the news, such as so much so much a uh, mention of race and crimes and so forth. Um, but at the at the same time, it's like I still don't have just. I was even invited into a local news station. They yes, were like, I- okay. They got. They were like, "Wait, we got to make sure you understand what our job is here and what we're doing." And they literally took me from their morning meeting until the story gets on the air and what happens with it. And I said, "Okay, you've heard me. I've heard you, but until when you go, when you walk into that morning meeting, and if you don't change up, it's, it's enough that I. It's it's not enough that I know how you tell the story." And I know what voices, even if those voices look like me as a black female, as, as a person from representing this spectrum or that spectrum or all spectrums, if you if it still doesn't impact the way the story is told, it there's no justice there. My voice using my voice, telling my story didn't mean a thing if I still turn on the news and I still to this day don't see enough stories about black women. And I think that that's such an such a great metaphor that so many so many things that we're told is a place for us to be heard is just mm-hmm. the tattletale phone, and the original tattletale phone was a tissue box on the wall, right? right. <laughs> so that you're talking into a tissue box on the wall, and it's like they're there. Does that make you feel better? And it, you know, maybe for five minutes, and then it's like, but no, it's it's not effective, right? Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. to go back to this idea of Michelle Obama and what is her, you know, and her voice and developing her voice. One, you're not, the, the world is not owed your voice, right? You get to decide how much of your story and how much of your voice you share, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that there's a part of herself that she's held back, right? Because that's how you stay sane, right? And so oh. thank, thank <laughs> God she held part of that back. How does she, particularly for anyone involved in activism, the ones that are screaming into the into the tattletale, you know, like say, well, they're not in the tattletale. It's the white women that are tattletaling, but right. And we 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 have black women, are, and, and, and this is the thing. We go back to what what's the the women's march, right? Yes. Um, and and Celsi was in earlier, and you had the women's march here in Atlanta, and it was so funny because the irony of it was, I went to the first one or the I think I went to the first one or the second one. I went to the first one. And on the agenda was all of these issues for black women. But then when I got there, it was full of white women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and the, women, there were, the women that were speaking in the platform, this was like, there was, this was at the beginning of the hints that Stacey Abrams was going to run for 
some particular office. Um, and I can't remember if this was the primary. We were heading into the primaries for governor because um, I think, yeah, it was two stations at the time. Yeah, that's where we were. And I'm standing there in the sea of white women. And I'm watching, you know, the black women being ushered on the stage and, and talking about what their issues are and their voice. But then I'm like, okay, so who's hearing this? You know, mm-hmm. um, who's re- who's recognizing this platform? Because my question then became, well, if black women are not out here in the audience, do did we know that this was a platform? Where, where were they? Inv- I was like, wait a minute, did I understand you? Did you? My thing was, did you invite the black women? <laughs> And wow, is that a statement right there? Because it was, it was all, it, go, it, the video is out there. The video is out there. Women's March Atlanta. I don't know what it was. Yeah, but I go was ahead. there. Yeah. No, I was there. I was one of the massive white women uh, there. And yeah, it was, it was a very white crowd and there was controversy prior to it. And I know uh, black women who are activists right now who chose not to participate, right? Because mm-hmm. they said, I feel like white women are not. Uh, are you know aren't are are not uh, you know are not concerned about are not really concerned about issues that affect black people and that you know that it's convenient for white women to say okay now we're going to make the you know we're going to going to say you, you're going to pressure to your point of invitation we're going to pressure everybody else to join and it is interesting because you're right it was I, I couldn't even see the stage right I was so far away but it was you know all black speakers but to a white audience and this issue is coming up and this is. You know, and, and I, I may be opening another can of worms that we'll talk about another time. But the the pressures that Michelle Obama was under mm-hmm. and the fact that she can relax now, right? She clearly can relax, right? And she even talks about at one point that, you know, they were telling her she needed to smile more, which is what women are told, right? Right. And black right. women were told, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't look angry. And that when she was <laughs> when she got some help, she was she said, I actually feel like I could smile. You see, she smiles a whole lot now. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, she's out of the mm-hmm. White House mm-hmm. and her husband's her husband didn't get assassinated and her kids are OK. Right. She can. She's like she survived. Oh. We can see that the light heart, more lighthearted Michelle Obama. Right. So understand when you're under stress, there's only going to be so much of your, you know, your voice will will have stress in it. But to say I think that we're moving into I'm seeing this as a trend because I follow I love I'm I, I'm very fascinated in trends. I follow a lot of voices, a lot of different voices. I really try to follow diverse voices in social media and in publishing and media because I think it's important. Every person should do it, but it's important to me to hear a lot of different a lot of, you know people who are not of my same background. And what I'm seeing is there's almost a line in the sand being drawn, uh, particularly black women, also with LGBTQ people that they're like. Yeah, we're done changing our voice for mm. anybody else. We're mm. done code switching, right? Um, we're done. Uh, there's one female scholar in, that, in particular, and she's like, "I'm just, I'm just done. I'm just going to start speaking as myself." And I'd been following her on social media, and mm-hmm. she'd written a very academic book, and it was very academic voice, right? Which who, the academy? Who is this? So this is uh, this Dr. Tr- see, Tressie, Tressie okay. Cotton, Tr- okay. Tr- Tressie McMillan. Cottom, C-O-T-T-O-M. Mm-hmm. And she's got a book out now called Thick. And she's a book of essays. And uh, her, she wrote a book called Lower Ed. This is when she was getting, she was on NPR a lot about uh, for-profit education. And um, let me make sure it's, it's Tressie Cottom. Yeah, C-O-T-T-O-M. And um, 
as a win, she would she was you know on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. She's very as you would imagine an academic might speak. And then one day she's like, I'm done. I'm just going to speak as myself, right? And she's like, she's because she, she literally pla- tweeted because the platform allows for that. Yeah, she's I'm done code switching. That mm-hmm. was her statement. And I was like, wow, okay, good for you, good, right? <laughs> and 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 it was like I think I I'm starting to see this where people are saying. You know, Michelle Obama, and when you're running, you know, when you're the first lady, you're running for, for, you know, running for president, you know, you maybe will do things. However, we have a president now who doesn't try to make, doesn't try to accommodate anybody, right? And so right I think now, I think, I think they're just, they're just in an exhale moment because the book came out. So you, you got to know that as soon as they wrapped up, um, she went right into working on this book, maybe, you know, they started it uh, during the last term. We don't know. I, I can't remember when she actually started the book. But like I said, I, I don't I don't know. That, I don't I'm, I'm still not ready to say this is the full voice, because if it was the full voice, there'd be no need for the tour. I want to no. shout out our uh, yeah. top commenter today. The artist is on, says, yep, they felt their voice would not be heard. Right. No more changing our voice to make others comfortable. But when we say no more changing our voice to make others comfortable, I think that we are in actuality changing our voice because the platforms has made Mm -hmm. everybody comfortable. I think Mm -hmm. everybody has become uh, even a little too comfortable. And we still have to we still have to kind of measure when it comes to behaviors and things like that. Um, we still have to kind of measure. I think we have one more clip and we can um, probably get ready to wrap up and talk, but I really yep. want to talk about on the other side of tattletelling, weaponizing our, yep. our voice when we do that. Let me see. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. I think the only one, be myself. Let's do yep. that one. Let's do a little bit of that one. And then we're going to talk about weapons and then we'll get out. As we planned my public appearances, Stephanie counseled me to play to my strengths and to remember the things I most enjoy talking about which was my love for my husband and kids, my connection with working mothers, and my proud Chicago roots. She recognized that I liked to joke around and told me not to hold back with my humor. It was okay, in other words, to be myself. That's, and that's what we're talking about. And, and she allowed some of those things to come through. But then again, being first lady, was it the right time? It's like, oh, let me share a cute... Um, joyful moment but was it uh, I, I think a lot of the throwback to her or a lot of the pushback back was in and this is why you have to think about social media now and a lot of times people ask me well should i schedule content should i schedule this no because you can put out something that you think is going to be uh, because you think it's going to be a great day and then it runs and then there's something very sorrowful that mm-hmm. may happen you know so we might have they might have planned because you know the white house has to plan all this stuff far well into advance uh, something where the family's going to do something jovial. There were times when they were on vacation, you know, not like, not like current president always playing golf. Um, but if you look at the moments when the president just wanted to have a team over or somebody go play basketball and then something happens, you can't predict all of that, but they had to be, when you put your voice out there, when you start telling your story, people will attach themselves to that and they want you to be that voice, that story all of the time mm-hmm. at all times. There are times when I try to go and post something on the entertainment side and something happens on the justice side and drivers, why are you not talking about this? And why are you not talking about that? And who cares about this? Who cares about that? I mean, we have to, we have, to uh, uh, have some allowances, you know, and I, hopefully we don't have to ask for 
permission for it because we're not about that. But we have to we have to make allowances for other voices or joining <laughs> with other voices, right? Yes, absolutely. And I think this is interesting. I really like this little this piece here because she talks about she learned to play to her strengths and to remember the things that she liked talking about. So the thing she likes talking about, that's her story, right? Mm -hmm. And we're talking about this in the context of the campaign, right? This is not Mm -hmm. everything she enjoys talking about, right? But this is for the campaign. She liked to talk about her family, love for her family, right? Mm -hmm. She liked to talk about working mothers because she was a working mother. She liked to talk about being from Chicago and she was very proud of being from Chicago. These are parts of her story, right? When she got into the White House, she became very interested in health and nutrition for children and then uh, the, the families of of military families, right? Mm-hmm, so these were mm-hmm. the stories that she liked to tell, but the strengths, the voice, right, was that she liked, that she was very smart, very well-informed, but also she had said that she liked to joke around, right? And, uh, and she had Such a sense of humor. Such as the appearances on Ellen and Ellen. Saturday Night Live and all those other things. Exactly. You know, the, some of us are like, okay, no, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, but, but she had, a, she had, right. So she's like, it's like, it's okay for you to relax and, and tell a joke and laugh, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's it's all right for you to to be, uh, you know, have a passion and to speak from a passionate heart, right? right. And I'm always going to go back to I'm her fam- unless she comes out with something else. When they go low, we go high, <laughs> right? It's going to be her the speech that people will study, right? And uh, in, in, in when you take rhetoric in college, right? This speech is probably already being studied, right? To right. say, but that speaks to her core values, right? So Mm -hmm. she was speaking about her core values in a way with earnestness, right? She's a very earnest person. And sometimes we mock earnestness, right? As though uh, if you're not cynical and cutting, there's some that you're, you're a dupe, right? But she's a very earnest person. And I think that that comes through here. But to your point, we want people, we will get people and we want them to be locked into something and interests change and circumstances change. And we need, to, like I said, we, we need to be aware of that. And so uh, I think it's, it's a great example that you're using that you might talk about something that's going on in the media when something is going on that's maybe serious, you know, be considered serious in the news. And you see this complaint. You, somebody posts something about, oh, my God, I just, I'm, uh, you know, right. I just saw the new, the, 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 you know, the new season of Shrill, right? That's what I was watching. And somebody would be like, how can you be, aren't you worried? There's babies in jails. There's, you know, the, the environment, yeah. the, the world is dying. How dare you have two minutes of, of something that makes you right. enjoy but you life. Need, but you need, and, you need an escape. And well, one of the and things we learned we can, is, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and we can maintain, we can have two different areas and maintain them at the same time. Right. We can right. Be, we can be concerned with the world and serious things and have a, have something that makes us have pleasure and joy. They're not mutually exclusive, right? And I think that's something to remember in using your voice. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. And no, I didn't mean to cut you off. And that was the thing we had to learn. And, and had it not been for the book, we wouldn't understand what you truly meant about when they go low, we go high. Because people assumed it was a mm-hmm. passive thing. And I think you... It, you Uh, talked about it doesn't mean that she didn't do anything because now we're seeing you know behind the veil of how they went to work on a lot of things that she got a lot of slack for and bringing her voice and first of all understanding she had she had no intention of of bringing the voice she thought you know hey this is what you know past first ladies have gone this route it's like oh wait i now need to run the campaign with my husband i now need to 
do this. And so it was, there was a difference. Um, and, and, and the same thing, you know, there's a total difference in what we have now. There will always be. Um, we have to be open to that. Before we get out of here, I do want to talk about weaponizing. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a moment here to bring in a little bit of Beyonce. Right? Uh. Okay. Now, Beyonce, there was a, a viral moment uh, just this week, whereas I think had Beyonce used her voice, there was a moment at the one of the, at the award shows, one of the recent award shows, where uh, she and her husband, family, whoever was there with them, were greeted by an actor. And the actor, you know, greeted the husband and then, you know, moved down. It was almost like a receiving line. You know, during the break, everybody's going up to Beyonce and Jay-Z because they happen to show up for this award show. And the guy goes in and he he get, he does the, he gives her a kiss. He embraces her and then he kisses her again. Mm-hmm. And it was a closer kiss. And, and while Beyonce didn't react to it, didn't shut it down. The Bayhive, okay, mm-hmm. um, took to it like, whoa, that's kind of, that's, you know, just all inappropriate. And I've, I've, we've watched the, bay, the Beehive, the Bayhive uh, over a time. And I always sit back to watch to see if Beyonce will intervene. Mm-hmm. And so this, this guy who has uh, a top TV show at the moment, um, <laughs> he just got stung all over. And it went through, <laughs> it, it, last, it is actually still going. I, I don't think it'll ever end. Um, and I'm pretty sure the next red carpet is going to be, will be fired uh, with questions for him as to why. He, he never really even explained himself. But it was a moment that had Beyonce reacted in the moment, I think it would have done something. Uh, if it was, we don't know if it was just or unjust because Beyonce did not react in after the moment. And the Beehive oftentimes speaks for her. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't, we don't see like the ele- We can go back to the elevator incident. Um, she's that the show must go on type person, right? The show must go on. I'm in character, this, that, and the other. Um, and then we oftentimes wonder how much voice is there. And we don't get to see it until like this Netflix special that's coming up where we're mm-hmm. gonna see behind the scenes there. Let's see, what was it? Uh what was it to shut down? Her husband was there. People need to stay out of these people's lives. And that's another thing, is like her husband neither she nor her husband reacted in such a way. Um, and they and and I, I tell you, because of platform, they would not have. They did not, because there's showmanship there, right? But after the fact, do you think there was some voice that needed to happen there? That because when you think that it went on for a week and still going, is there what should she have needed to say? Listen, y'all, that's a friend of the family because obviously, you know, somebody's familiar with somebody. Should she have used her voice to shut it down? It wasn't to shut him down from kissing her twice. Or to shut down the beehive from stinging this man for a full long <laughs> week. Well, and I think it's, I think that's interesting in that she that it's, that her her fan base now has a voice, right? Yes, and she she honors their voice, and I'm a, now you I, say I, honor. I said I said weaponized you and and <laughs> and I think that that's how she, you're right. I I uh, I. Uh, <laughs> I downplayed that right there. That's that's a little downplay, and you're right. She's that's why they talk about getting stung by the hive, right? Mm-hmm, Is that mm-hmm. they they will they come after you hard, and she's like, you know, do my bidding. You know what I mean? It's, it's not even. It's like I okay, go ahead. And 
But boy, it's, it's, I mean, again, we could we could talk about this topic, and we're gonna we'll, we'll there'll be more now on the yeah, next let's, podcast let's because there's so much. It, let's carry it on. And look, I look at the clock, and it says four four four, which is actually That's what a, we call Jay Z time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll stop we'll stop right there. The four 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 is the Jay Z time. But let's in, in fact, you know what? I, I I think I would rather than us going into this next top part of the topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's tease it. Next yep. week, let's talk. When we talk about weaponizing our voice, we want to talk about getting the justice of, of when you start using your voice and you start using your story and how it is the difference between white women who have weaponized their voice. When we're talking about all these calls to police that that season that went on and, and talk about justice for black women when they use their voice. Why is one? Uh, what did you what did what did you just say? You used the you you said you downplayed. You honored honored. Why right. one is honored, mm-hmm. and and one. Yes, we have to, we'll talk about that next week, and we'll use more lessons from becoming Michelle Obama. I'm Yolanda, and that is Angela Stockup. Angela has a hashtag uh, lunch chat that you can go over and find her on. I have hashtag dryer buzz. We're also, guys, considering uh, tailgating, doing something in a live format prior to the uh, going into the arena um, when Michelle Obama comes to Atlanta as we anticipate our visit. I know you guys are having her all over the country. Let us know how if you guys are attending. The artist, our top commenter today, says, great show, Angela. Uh, again, just kind of lay out for us what we do have ahead. Yes. So, um, let me pull up. And as I say this, I got to look at, I've got to have a calendar in front of me. So yes, we're going to be, so we're going to continue this, this conversation on voice. And as Yolanda said, weaponizing voice, we're going to also be talking about platform, um, coming up. Let's see the, we're, we're seeing Michelle on the, on Saturday, May 11th. So either the week of the 23rd or the 30th, we're going to do a recap Mm -hmm. and we're going to have a, but we will be doing a, 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 a session on, caregivers because Yolanda and I both come out of a caregiving space and looking at how Michelle Obama handled those kinds of those kinds of responsibilities who cares for Mm. the caregiver Mm. and so that will either be the 23rd or the 30th then the 7th which will be leading into the event we're going to we're going to be talking about the actual tour and the and some of the the behind the scenes and background um, of how the tour itself and the combined with the book has become a movement mm-hmm. and to, to examine there's very interesting things. Like we say, the books hit 10 million. It's not even been uh, when it come out in November. Right. So we're not, you know, in less than a year, this book is, is setting all time records. The, the turnout for the tour, Michelle Obama, not only is elevating and raising a conversation, she's changing the way we, we talk about it. And it's being, it's happening in such a way that, um, I think we're going to, I think it's, I think it will be interesting to explore. So the seventh, and then as, as Yolanda mentioned on the 11th, we're going to be broadcasting from the event somewhere. Mm-hmm. Let's say if we mm-hmm. get our tailgate going, we have an audience come on out. And, uh, and then after the next week we'll recap. And if, uh, yeah, and it's, and there's lots to talk about and we'll keep talking after, Ooh. but um, uh, how does that sound? That's like, right. <laughs> many, many more chapters. I mean, we, we've just been on what, oh. 17 and 16 yeah. and we've, we 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 like I'm like God. We can't get out of chapter sixteen and seventeen because there's so much. Because right? that's so. that's when our first lady found her voice. That's that is. when she really really found her voice. And let's just hope that we all 
uh, get to that point. And of course, you know, I mean, it's just, it's eye opening, eye opening. Yep. All right, guys. So listen, we do a uh, Twitter takeover on Tuesdays, uh, trying to come on right at about four, try to get it about between 30 and 45 minutes of a great conversation. We do this live on Twitter, but then listen, if you're going to catch the replays so that you don't have to hunt for it on Twitter or hunt for it on Periscope, Go to your favorite podcast platform and you'll be able to just look up uh, hashtag we are becoming a podcast. Look for that and you can catch this uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, and more and more approvals. Anchor, more and more approvals are coming through uh, as we continue to share this out. All right. Thank you, guys. All right, Angela. Thank you, Yolanda. Thank you, everybody. And uh, we'll we'll. We'll see you soon. <laughs> All right. We are becoming. All right, guys. Bye. Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Yeah.